good to see y'all this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm honored that Brother Donnie would have confidence for me to come here before you and speak before you. If I'd have known Brother Kenny was here, we'd have, I'd have handed a baton off. But I, I appreciate it. And um, Brother Reed, is, his testimony just proves you can't go too far. No matter where you're at. You have value. You have value. That value is that seed of life. It doesn't matter where you go, what you've done, if that seed of life is in there, you have hope. As a brother was singing, my hope is in him. The only hope that you have, Brother Branham, I love the way Brother Branham said, hope was Faith's little sister. That means they're related. They're related. Faith and hope are related, and if you have hope, hope can bring you to faith. Amen. Amen. So if you'll turn your Bibles, I can get into it. I was telling Brother Jimmy Whitson back there, I've been taking notes and studying on this for months. I studied seven hours yesterday. When I closed the computer, the devil started talking to me. Now, if you're a minister, Brother Kenny, you know that happens every time. The devil is going to talk to you. It's not going to be received well. You're going to say the wrong things, and you're, you're not, you know. You realize that when the devil starts talking to you, it's like a pep talk to a fighter before he gets in the ring. He's just giving you ammunition. He's just getting you ready to fight. So he's a dumb devil, Brother Phil, dumb devil. So hopefully we can get out of the way. It's not us that fights anyway, so. If you have your Bible, turn to John 11 and 21. I'm going to skip around. I'm going to read a large portion of that that scripture, but I will skip around so you're not standing too long. A very familiar scripture. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? We'll skip down to verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind, which caused that even this man should not have died. And the thing about that scripture that stands out the most to me, we we look at at people around in our own sanctuary, our own own church here that are going through some stuff, and some of them at the point of death, it looks like. And Satan tells us, could God not have healed them? He was amongst you. You testified that he was amongst you. Could he not have healed you when you was alive? But our God... It's never too late. He's always right on time. You think Jesus didn't know that Lazarus was going to die? He knew he was going to die. Could not not this man have opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man, man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Mary uh, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. I want you to, one thing we're going to talk about today, Jesus told them to roll the stone away. Right, right, right. Told them, Jesus did not roll the stone away. Right, right. 
Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? When they took the stone away from the place where the dead was laid, Jesus lift up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus uh, spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about, about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, unto them, you lose him. You take the grave clothes off of him. You, you give him praise for all that God has done. You remove the filth, everything that, that he was with inside the grave. You take it off. We have a job to do. Then Jesus, we're going to go down to John 12, 1 and 2, and then we'll pray. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, and there made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, to come to your house this morning, Lord. Lord, to sit around your word, Father. Lord, it's food for our journey. Lord, to, to tell us of the things of heaven, things, Lord, that you would desire us to know, Father. There's things that no man can just tell, Father. It takes, it takes a revelation from the Father. Lord, we're so thankful for the wonderful spirit we feel here this morning, Lord. We're so thankful for Brother Reed's testimony. Lord, we, we believe that you're still in the, the saving business. We still believe that you're in the redeeming business. You're in the healing business, Lord. You're in the deliverance business, Lord. And, and I hope with this sermon this morning, Father, that we catch a glimpse of that. Lord, even though we have a part to do, it's all you. And you receive all the glory. We, we welcome you here this morning, Lord. I pray that anything that would hinder our thoughts, our minds, anything that would, would hinder us from receiving what you have for us, Lord, I pray that you would remove it. Lord, help us not to think about what we're going to do after service, what we're going to do tomorrow. Let's think about you right now. Lord, lay everything aside. Lord, help us to, to lay ourselves aside that you can have preeminence in our lives this morning. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. This morning, if, if I'd like to, to speak on this. I've titled this, From the Tomb to the Table. Lazarus went from the tomb to the table. Brother Bram said, Sirs, we would see Jesus. Now, just after many people had come to the feast because Lazarus had been raised from the dead. That's why they came to the feast, because Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And the people come up to see Lazarus. They came up to see Lazarus. When you got a testimony, people want to see you. When God's done something in your life, people want to hear you. They want, they want your testimony like Brother Reed gave this morning. When, when God does something for you, people want to hear about it. And, the, and, the, the script, and Brother Branham said people come to see Lazarus, said they came to see Jesus too. Yeah. Right? right? So there's been a resurrection and followed by the feast. And, you know, we, we hear the same thing in the, in the, uh, as we read the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son comes home, finds himself in a pig pen and he comes home and, and, and the father says, my son that was, was dead is now alive. The father's testifying there has been a resurrection, so now let's prepare the feast. There has to be a feast 
following a resurrection. There will be a feast following a resurrection. In Mark 5, 38, And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and they that wept and wailed greatly. And when he come in, he said unto them, Why maketh ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but she sleepeth. And they left him to scorn, and when he put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that with him entered in where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years old, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something be given her to eat. For some reason, eating follows resurrection. Eating follows resurrection. And what we want to look at this morning is not necessarily the resurrection of of the rapture as much. But when we look at the things in our lives, you know, we, we, you know I can imagine the, the conversation down in hell whenever Lazarus f- finally died. You know, before, before he, when he was sick. And I'm sure Satan heard, hey, they've sent for Jesus to come. If Jesus comes, he'll heal him. Jesus hadn't raised from the, any, any from the dead yet. Death was Satan's strongest tool at this time. He hadn't used it yet on one of Jesus' friends and Jesus... And, think, and he thought he beat Jesus. So I imagine that conversation in hell went something like, Satan, listen, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've brought Lazarus all the way to the end. He ain't got much breath left in him. Yes, sir. But they've sent for Jesus. Right. Yeah. And he's not too far away. What am I going to do? Uh-huh. Tell death, tell death, come here, I want to talk to him. Satan tells death, come here, I want to talk to you. I, 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 need, I, need, I need you now. The healer's coming. The healer. They didn't know him, they didn't know him as a, the resurrection in life yet. The healer's coming. And when the healer gets here, it'll be too late. When the healer comes, it'll be too late for him. Satan tells you that in your life every day. It's too late. There's no way out of this. So when Jesus got there, Mary and Martha said, if you'd have been here, you wouldn't have died. There's many of you who's probably asked that about your loved ones that God took on. God, if you'd have been here. He says, I am still, when your loved ones pass, them comforting words He gives to you, I am the resurrection in life. Doesn't matter what this natural body does. But Jesus comes to the to the grave of Lazarus. Lazarus was predestinated to be sick and to die. He was predestinated to die before his time. But he was predestinated to have two resurrections. God placed something in, in you before the foundation of the world. And it doesn't matter what sickness comes in your life, what, what anything Satan puts in your life. It, it doesn't matter. It, does, it didn't matter what Satan did to Lazarus. 
You know, and it, what we want to look at this morning, and we'll get into different avenues of it, but, you know, when you got to that point in your life, you know, Satan, when he was in the world, Satan didn't seem to bother you as much. He didn't bother you as much. You probably lived some of your healthiest days out in the world. And when you come into this message, all hell turned against you. You've been sick ever since. You've been depressed. You've had anxiety. Your, your kids left. Your husband left. Your wife left. Your family left you. This just seems like the worst days of your life. And God looks at you and says, it's the glorious days of your life. And Satan, he's allowing Satan to put all this thing. You know, when you, you give your heart to the Lord and you, you receive the... Uh, you come up in the watery grave as a, as a, a, a token of, of the death, burial, and the resurrection. You come up a new man. When you come up a new man, Satan's got one job is to put you in the grave. And he knows he can't touch that seed. Brother Branham said he can't touch that seed. Until God's done with you, just like Job. He can't take your life. So there's other tombs and other graves in your life that Satan's going to try to put you in. He's going to put you in a tomb of depression. He's going to put you in a tomb of cancer. A tomb of anxiety. A tomb of all kinds of sickness and, and, and things wrong in our lives. A tomb of guilt. A tomb of shame. A tomb of embarrassment. There's so many tombs that Satan is going to do his best to lock you inside. And he's going to roll the stone across That's his job. Would you expect him to do anything else? Brother Branham said, in condemnation by representation, God just think many of these here, trust that every one of them are your children, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, ready for the coming. And Satan can't get them that way to make them sin. He can't get to them to make them doubt your word is wrong. They go ahead and follow just to the letter. But he tries to come on and flick their body because he knows their body is still sin. But their soul is saved. Their body has got to go back to dust, but their soul goes to God. Satan can't touch it. He knows he can't touch it. But he's going to try to flick that part when he can. He's going to make you have bad days. He's going to make you days where you're going to actually question God. God, why me? Why is this stuff come upon me? Why is this on my family? Why did I have to lose my mother, my father, my son? Jesus could have stopped the death of Lazarus. He could have stopped it. But Jesus knew Lazarus had a feast to go to. And the only way he could make it to that feast was through a resurrection. All hell might think they have you. <clears throat> Brother Brandon said this, and Brother Donnie read this quote, I know my Redeemer liveth. I wrote it down when Brother, I was studying this at the time, and it said, in that, it's in that hour, friend. It's at that time. It's in that crucial, crucifying hours that we see the resurrection. It's at that time when God loves to display His grace. It's that time when God likes to comfort His children. Sometimes we don't give God the time of day. 
When everything's going good, everything's going well, and, and life, life around us is, is our jobs is good, we're making good money, our kids are in church, everything looks good. Why is it that at those times that we kind of push God off to the side when everything's going well? Why is it that God has to push us, allow Satan in our life to push us to a certain point before we give him fellowship? Why is it God has to, has to get to the point, get us to the point where we cry out to Him? God sometimes has to let some type of death come in your life and will allow Satan to bury you. You say, well, Lord, why am I going through the depression? Why, why am I going through anxiety? Because you wouldn't talk to me when you weren't. Why am I going through these things in my life? Why, why, why are my, my, my kids not saved? Because when they were, you weren't talking to me. You took it for granted. There's so many things in our lives that God gives us blessings. And when these blessings seem to come, Lazarus was his friend. Lazarus was a friend of God. He was the friend of God. But he allowed death to come into his life. He let him, he let him lay there and stink and rot. Yeah. Amen. Whose fault? Just, just like the blind man that was born blind, Jesus said, it's so the glory of God could be revealed. Yeah. It wasn't nobody's fault. Lazarus didn't ask for this. Lazarus' family didn't ask for this, but he, God wanted to show that He was the resurrection of life, and He wants to show that in our life in so many ways. In so many ways, we won't let Him. Come on. Well, why, when these things come into our life, we, we, you know, and, and I, I don't mean to, to get ahead of myself, but so many times we live, we live from camp to camp. We live from, from prayer line to prayer line. We can't wait in four years for the next prayer line. Just something that you said you got delivered from in the last prayer line. And that's the only time we cry out to God. That's when we're going through the prayer line and we rejoice for a week or two. And then we're right back in the, in the mully grubs as they, were, as they say in two weeks. <clears throat> he has a reason. God has a reason for everything in your life. God has a reason why you're going through the things that you're going through. We look at Sister Erica. God's glory is being revealed whether you see it or not. God's glory is being made known whether you see it or not. Don't look at symptoms. Don't look at circumstances. Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection. He will rise again. She didn't get what he was saying. She said, he, she thought God that Jesus was telling her that he'll, he'll come forth in the rapture. That ain't what Jesus was saying. He'll come forth right now. Right now because I'm here. And if that same Jesus you claim lives in here. We, we say that quote. We sing that song so much. He became me that I became him so he could become me. It's the same life in you. If he's the resurrection in the life, are not you the resurrection in life? Can you not speak to that thing that's inside you holding you down? Can you not say, come forth? 
His resurrection and life when you say, when you receive the Holy Ghost, that His life came in and lives in you. His life lives in you. You say. You testify. Jesus lives in here. Are you portraying what He portrays? Does people look at you in your life and the way you live your life? You say Jesus lives in here and then you have a bad day and you fall all to pieces. You don't know which way to go, which way to turn. I've got too many pill bottles to choose from. I don't know which one's going to help me. We try to fix it all first ourselves. We try to fix it. He's last resort. In your mind, you're on your deathbed and you've pulled a toenail. We try to magnify the issues in our life. They're so big. And to God says, there's nothing. So if Christ is in here, look at your problem through His eyes. Look at the issues in your life through God's eyes. It's nothing. It's nothing. Looking at Sister Erica through God's eyes is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if there's God, that same God lives in you and is fully manifesting His life in you, every problem that you come across, whether it be cancer or whether it be a headache, it's nothing. It's hard, it's hard to understand so many times. It's hard to understand God's will in us, will for, in our lives. It's hard to understand, Lord, why am I in this tomb? Why am I in here? Why is the stone rolled across the entrance of this tomb? You don't have to wait for Jesus to come from four days away. He's right here. He's right here. <clears throat> You know, we want to we wanna put, a, put an epitaph on everybody's tomb now. If Satan could put one on your life, what would it say? He believed the doctor's report. He's going to roll the stone in front of your tomb, put a seal on it, and across the top, she believed what the doctor said. He believed every, what everybody was saying about him. He failed... To see God moving in his life. But when we let God work, what's the epitaph say across the top? He once was here, but now he ain't. He came out. She once was here, but now she's risen. God's got epitaphs on empty tombs. There's an empty tomb in your life that once was depression. I don't know why I'm hitting depression. I don't have no idea. There's an empty tomb that was guilt. There's an empty tomb that was shame and embarrassment. And across the top it says she was here, but now she ain't. You know, there's, in studying this, I got to studying. You know, the, the, the things, we, we look at all this, 
things in our life we want to we want to get down and pray we want to call so and so and we want to get laid hands on we come up here 14 times in two months Brother Donnie lay hands on us, have the brothers lay hands on us and pray. And, and, all, and you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this tomb. I can't get out. I can't get out. I can't get out. And what did Jesus say to do when Darius um, came to him? What did he tell him? Only believe. Only believe. There's a lot of, I, I don't mean to be rude. But when you come up here 14 times in two months for the same problem, there's a lot of unbelief going on. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of worry in your life going on. God can't work through it. Only believe it's that simple. How do you think Jairus felt when they come to him and said, don't trouble him no more. Don't trouble him no more. She's already dead. Don't trouble him. Jesus said, only believe. Only believe in what he did when he got there. He cast all the doubt out. Get out. He's still casting doubt and worry out. He's still casting unbelief. They laughed him to scorn when she, she's only asleep. Why? He saw the problem through God's eyes. They saw the problem through their eyes. Brother Branham said, and look away to Jesus. But his only daughter lay at the point of death, and he had to go. But when he found him, he found out that he was the resurrection in life. When he sent for him, a runner came and said, Don't trouble the master, for the girl is already dead. And his little heart almost failed. Satan tells you there's no way out of this grave. Don't trouble him no more. You're here for good. Only thing that'll fix you may be some pills. Go to the doctor. Because you're in a situation here that you can't get out of. That's the same spirit that Satan was using back then. He still uses it today. Unbelief, doubt, and worry. <clears throat> but Jesus said to him, said, did I not say, did you not hear me the first time? If you'll only believe, you'll see the glory of God. Jesus found out he could raise up the dead. found out he could raise up the dead when he looked at Jesus. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Don't take your eyes off Him. No matter what your problem is, no matter what your situation, how sick you are, you may be living, you might be on your deathbed right now. Doctors might have given you up. It doesn't matter. He said, only believe. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If thou canst believe. You go search how many times Brother Branham says that, only believe, and if thou canst believe. We need to put that on repeat over and over and over. It's that simple. We complicate it. It's like buying something from Ikea and trying to read the, the, the French instructions on it. Why would you do that when you can turn to the front page it's got English? We try to complicate things. <clears throat> the hungry looked to him and found sustaining food for all life. That was natural. The hungry spiritual can look to him and find out he's the bread of life. The dying thief looked to see what he could see and found in Jesus his pardon. Remember me, Lord, when thou comest to thy kingdom. Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
That's what he saw in the hour of his death. The sick looked at him and saw the healer. The blind looked and could see. Depends on what you're looking at now. Your situation might be all the way up to the, the final point and you think it's over. Lazarus' family probably thought it was over. You know, Brother Jimmy Whitsett came back there and was talking to me a while ago, and he told me, he said, we well, was talking about that, and he said, Brother Joe, he said, I can imagine there at the, in the fiery furnace when they, they walked in. He said, I bet when they were walking in that furnace, Shadrach probably looked at Meshach and said, Meshach, it ain't over. It ain't over. What do you think when Jesus... When they killed him on the cross and they laid him in the tomb, I imagine God looked at them angels and said, it ain't over. It ain't over. When you're at your, your worst point in your life, it ain't over. Doctor's report can say what they want to say. We're giving you three months. It ain't over. There's still a resurrection. And I don't mean a natural resurrection. I mean a resurrection from that... That tomb you're in right now, whatever it is, it ain't over. It ain't over till God says it's over. And to a son and daughter of God, it's never over. <clears throat> you know, we, we have a part to do. As I was saying earlier, when, when Jesus told Mary and Martha, you have a part to do. He told them to roll the stone away. You roll the stone away. You want your brother resurrected. You have a part to do. Are we doing our part? Are we pushing stones? Are we pushing stones for those in our lives? Lazarus wasn't coming out until they done what Jesus told them. Jesus told them, you push the stone away. Humanity has to get involved. You want to sit back and you let God do it all. You wanted, they wanted, they could have probably thought maybe Jesus was going to speak and that stone was going to move. Or maybe they, Jesus was going to speak and Lazarus was going to walk through the stone. Jesus said, you do your part. You remove the doubt. You remove the worry. You quit looking at their symptoms. You know, there's so many times when Brother Donnie gets up here and he'll, he'll, he'll say, we'll give you an update on Sister Erica. You know, and he'll say things. And I, I've done determined in my mind, I'm not praying for Sister Erica again. Come on. I'm praising for Sister Erica. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I praise. I'm praising for Brother Bob Blevins. I'm praising for Jerry Phillips. I'm praising for those that have needs in their life. When you ask God, you only have to ask Him one time. Then you start pushing the stone. They asked Him, said, Lord, I know that whatever you say, you'll do it. He says, push the stone away. Whatever you say. And if you say that in your life, you say, Jesus, whatever's in my life, whatever's in, 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 that my family has need of, whatever you ask, and Jesus might tell you, well, push the stone away. In other words, push the worry away. Push the doubt away. Push circumstances away. Push symptoms away. You don't, you don't look at that person and think, man, they look so bad. 
Don't look at that person that hasn't been to church in six years and you think they've gone too far. Push the stone away. Use faith. Use faith and push that stone away. Brother Bram said, believest thou this? I can see him walking down through that place there to the grave. He said, take ye the stone away. Looked like he'd have been a gentleman. He'd have took it away himself. But he asked them women to. Why? You got your part to do. And they took the stone and the stink was so bad they was about to have suffocate there on account of that. A dead human body. Then I can see him straighten his little self up. Said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me always. I've read that scripture in my life probably a hundred and three, four hundred times. And it just struck me when I was reading it that he didn't say, Lord, I thank you that you hearest me for his own benefit. He said he wanted them to hear him say it. He wanted them unbelievers. We'll give him security officer duties. <laughs> we said, Lord, I, he said, I, I thank thee that thou hearest me. And Jesus said, that wasn't, I wasn't saying that. Because I know that you know that I'm thankful. That's what he said. God, I know you know that I'm thankful. But I wasn't saying it for me. I was saying it for them. Sometimes people need you. They need to hear you say how grateful you are to him. Sometimes they need to hear you praise him. Because it might lift them up. It might give them faith. That's why I love to hear Brother Darrell Ward pray. I love to hear Brother Darrell pray because it picks me up. It lifts me up. I know how he feels about to God, but when I hear him telling God how he feels, it does something for me. It gives me faith. It removes all doubt. It removes all worry. It's something I wouldn't know what side you're on. I want to know what team you're on. So sometimes I need to hear you cheering for that team. You hear so many people sometimes. There's people I can tell you right now in church that I've never saw them or heard them say amen one time. And that is sad. That's sad. Look, I mean, you should do that every morning you get up. Let alone in church. He said, Father, I thank you that thou hearest me, but for those that stand by is why I said that. He'd already seen the vision. He knew what was going to happen. And then he cried with a loud voice and screamed and said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, I believe, brother, if he hadn't called him specifically by name, I believe the general resurrection would have took place. That's what I think about him. That's right. I believe the resurrection of every dead thing that ever died would have come out of the grave. If he just said, come forth. Every living thing that had died. Not people. 
He didn't say every person. He said every living thing. Why? He was the creator. Brother Branham said when Jesus came down to the grave and he wept, the man Jesus wept and God took over. The creator was now speaking. The creator said, Lazarus, come forth. The creator in your life can say, come forth. Come out of that grave. The creator in you can say, roll back the stone. I took this note down here when I was studying that. Brother Branham was talking about this woman, praying for this woman with cancer. In that, in, uh, when he preached Go Tell. He said, death lays at the door, faith at the next Death lays at one door. Faith lays at the next. God, roll away the stone and let faith take over. Roll away the stone. May the cancer leave her in Jesus' name. As simple as that. Death is at this door. Faith is at this door. Faith is what rolls the stone away. Faith is what rolled the stone away. He didn't say death is at this door. Life is at this door. He said faith. Why? You have to have faith. You have to have humanity get involved in what God is wanting. God has a purpose and it involves you. It involves every one of us. We have a part to do. We have to push back the stone. You know, I was reading this and I don't know how it came up. In my studies, but it did. I got to think of the Seraphonician woman. I was wondering if we're that persistent. If God Himself told you it ain't for you. Lord, I, I, I need this. Nope. It ain't for you. That's what He told her. Lord, my, my daughter's got a devil. Can you come deliver? I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to the house of Israel. And you're not a part of that. But what'd she do? She pushed harder on the stone. She began to push the stone. So what did he tell her again? She asked him again. It's not meat for me to give the dogs of the children's bread, because we know the Bible says healing is the children's bread. It's not meat for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. What she do? She pushed some more. She never quit pushing. God Himself said, "You can't have it," and she kept pushing. Even so, the dogs eat the crumbs. Give me a crumb, Lord. A crumb's wall, all you need for healing is one crumb. If you need healing in your life from the bread of life, you need one crumb. You just push that stone. You keep pushing that stone. If God says no, push the stone. If God says you can't have it, push the stone. I promise you, when you push that stone, there's going to be somebody standing on the other side that says, come forth. When that stone gets removed, somebody's going to be saying, come forth. 
Faith has removed all doubt. That's all that stone is in your life, is doubt, worry, disappointment, circumstances, symptoms, doctor's reports, bank accounts, so they're in the red. Push the stone. You know, sometimes we get to the point where we feel like there's so much on me. There's so much on me, I can't. I try to pray. I can't. I, I can't get through. Legion had 2,000 demons. 2,000 demons. Yeah. That seed... Well, Brother Bradham said, Satan could never get that seed. He'll never get the seed of God, ever. There might have been 2,000 demons on his body, in his mind. There wasn't a single one touching that seed. Jesus heard that seed cry out from across the sea. He heard the seed call out for help. That seed had enough to push a stone. How many remembers the testimony that Brother Josh Bennett gave here? Or the quote he, he was talking about when Brother Brandon was in South Africa. About a week before Brother Josh Bennett was here, I, had, I was doing some study and that quote came up and I read that quote where Brother Brandon was talking about that little boy in Africa that walked around on all, all fours. He was born that way. They had a chain around his neck. He thought he was an animal. Walked like an animal. Had a chain around his neck. He comes up. Brother Brandon says, sometime before this little fellow's brother had fell, fell off a, a, a goat or a cow or something and hurt his knees and crippled him. That little fellow. Mentally challenged. Didn't have a sane cell in his brain. Was born that way. When he comes up for prayer, Brother Bram said, you're not here for you. You're thinking of your brother. You're thinking of your brother. We can't have compassion for one another. And you get somebody that's totally out of their right mind, have such a love. They come before the prophet and they're crying in their heart. He couldn't even talk. Brother Brandon read his heart. God discerned his heart. He wanted his brother healed. He come up there to push a stone. He come up to remove all doubt and all worry. He wasn't here. God healed him. Brother Branham said, after the, he, your brother's healed, that little fellow stood straight up. Brother Branham said, I helped him up. And we can't have compassion for one another. Sometimes something that might seem simple to you, somebody's problem might be simple to you. It might be serious to them. 
I think so often we tend to hold stones closed. We hold stones closed to people that need deliverance. You might say, Brother Joe, how do you do that? You lean on that stone, you hold it tight. You ain't going to believe what sister so-and-so did. You ain't going to believe what brother so-and-so did. They might have a lot laid on their bed at night, weeping and crying in forgiveness, repent, repenting to God for everything they've done, for the situation, and you're out there dragging it out of hell. You're pulling it right out of hell where God put it for them. When God forgives something, He puts it in hell. When you talk about it, you took it out. Now you own it. You own it. People are needing deliverance. People are trying to, to claw out of out of graves of guilt and shame and embarrassment and we're sitting there stomping them back in. Get back in there. You're not going, hey, let me tell you what brother so-and-so did. Let me tell you what sister so-and-so did. And they're sitting there trying to get life. And you're pushing them back in. Where have we got, if we want to take a rapture, if we want to take a rapture in our life and here we are trying to keep brothers and sisters from taking one, you might not look at it that way, but that's exactly what we're doing. They want a rapture. They want deliverance in their life. And we're keeping them from it. You know, as I was talking to somewhere before. Sometimes we can be so unforgiving. So unforgiving. We're going to get back to if Christ's life is in you, you're going to be like Christ. But people elevate themselves so high above God. They're up here. They're above God. Because when that person asks for forgiveness, God says, I'm faithful and just to forgive. But you can't because you're so higher than God. You can't forgive. You say, well, Joe, I have forgiven. I've forgiven. I hope so. Well, how come when they show up at the restaurant you're at, you can't believe they had the audacity to show up? It's not forgiveness. Well, Bram said you'd be able to put your arm around them and love them. I don't care what they did to you. It doesn't matter what they did to you. If you can't forgive, you ain't going. You'll never take a rapture with unforgiveness. What Brother, Brother Donnie said here about two or three months ago, he said, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart and the rapture goes place, he said, if Jesus was to put you at the judgment bar, you'd send that person to hell. Because they wronged you here in life. Unforgiveness is a cancer. It destroys relationships. It destroys friends. And it ought not be that way. If Christ's life is in you, you will forgive as Christ forgive. Brother Branham said, if, if you can't forgive, God won't forgive you. If you can't forgive, God won't forgive you. You know, in people, they like to, 
They like to tell people's problems under the name of prayer. Under the name of prayer. They want to go tell everybody's details on all the juicy things that so-and-so did. Brother so-and-so did. Sister so-and-so, whatever. They want to go tell that. I was just, I was just telling them so, so they would know how to pray. Not only are you a gossip, you're deceitful. You're a gossip and you're deceitful. What did Jesus say? Only believe. God don't need you to know details for your prayer to work. He don't need you to know details. That's free. I'm going to move on before we get in trouble. But Jesus said, I don't, if you don't forgive every man his trespasses from your heart, neither does your heavenly Father forgive you. Brother Bram said that in the church in its condition. Do we realize the power that lays in us? The power that you have. When Jesus told him, when they marveled at the works that he done, they marveled and when he, when he cursed the fig tree and then he did the different things, they marveled. He said, marvel not. For greater works than this shall you do. For I'll be with you even in you. I'll go away, but I'll come again. And when I come again, I'll be in you. And this power was dropped on 120 in the upper room. The power that's in you today is the same power that came on them in the upper room. It's got the same strength that hasn't lessened. It hasn't diluted over time. It's the same power. The same power that when Peter walked by the crippled man and a shadow went across him. Peter never uttered a word. And I believe this bride will get to the point before the rapture takes place when she will speak with His words. She will speak the Word with His words. English language that comes off the tongue of son and daughter of God in this bride. When it's anointed, it has the same power as God had when He said, let there be light. It's the same power. You will speak. You will say, come forth. You will say, push away the stone. There's no, nothing that hell will bring against you. No power that hell has that they will bring against you that you can't say, be gone. We will get to that point. You can believe it or not. But if that power is in you, it will have to manifest itself. I I found that so striking the other night when Brother Donnie was preaching about the, the mercy seat. How Brother Brandon was, was, was talking about how God put the mercy seat on our, in the human heart. And that's where he sits on that mercy seat. And you say that God dwells in there. How, how awesome it was for them after the, the veil was written too in the temple. Before then, you couldn't go into the holiest of holies. Only the, the priest could go in there and they had to be dressed a certain way. They had to be washed a certain way. They had to carry a certain kind of incense before they went in there. And when, when Jesus died, and when He said, I go away and I come back again and I'll be with you even in you, I'll be sitting on the mercy seat of your heart. 
Before when you couldn't go into the holiest of holies. Now the holiest of holies came into man. It's now in you. You have all access. Anything you need. You don't have to say a certain prayer, do your thing a certain way, like my Irish do. Had to throw it in there for some. (laughs) Michael Bailey. You don't have to do those things. It's free access. Because it's in here. You have everything you need for a resurrection. You have everything you need for health. I would that you prosper and be in good health. Everything you need for that is right here. I don't care what your symptoms are. I don't care what your circumstances are. I don't care how depressed you are, kind of anxiety. I don't care if your children are lost. I don't care if your parents are lost. God said, the prophet said, you claim them. You claim them. And then you believe in the promise. It doesn't matter how far away they are from God. It doesn't matter what they say about this message. It's what God said. Start pushing the stone away and believe that the power that is in here will be the one that speaks. Come forth. Brother Branham said in in the deity deity of Jesus Christ, let the fundamentalists, let them people who deny the power of God say it's wrong. But that same power that spoke the world into existence is in those people that got the Holy Ghost. The voice that said, let there be life. Let there be light. Right? Let there be waters. Let there be man. Let there be animals. The same God that created all that. There's not a lesser God in here. It's the same one. It's the same one. All that God was, He poured into Christ. All that Christ was, He poured into the bride. Right? So you have it. Whenever God pours Himself into Christ, and when it got poured from Christ and the bride, you didn't get a weaker portion. You got a portion, but that portion that you got is strong as it was in God before He poured it into Christ. Go listen. If nobody's ever listened to the, the, the sermon... I think in 49 it was. Brother Brandon preached a sermon in 49 called Faith. Simple, simple. And that's why I, 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 I like things. I bet I've listened to that sermon probably more than any of the sermon Brother Brandon's got that in the message is faith. If it, don't, if it don't pick you up and give you faith and start pushing stones and having resurrections, then there ain't nothing in this message that will do it for you then. If that won't do it for you, every message he preached was the power of God. Every message He preached will give you faith. Will remove all doubt. Says that's right. Men and women, it's time that that we found out who you are. The devil is trying to hide you back. Tell you that you're little cowed around something. You're not. You are sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven. It's in you. I know you think I'm crazy, but let me tell you something, brother. When you realize Almighty God lives in you immortal life, my life I give, Zoe, the life of God is in the human being. We've got no reason. We've got no reason to not believe. We've got no reason to not have faith. The life of God is in you. Are we using that? 
Are we, are we submitting ourselves to that? It's not you controlling it. You know, you, you hear people say, I, I can't, I've had friends of mine, I, I can't live it. Say, I can't, I can't live this. Well, it's not up to you to live. It's not up to you to live. It's let Him live through you. You couldn't live this message as you if you tried. Like Brother Reed was saying earlier, he said, I tried and tried, and the more I tried, the worse I got. You can't try. You have to let God do the living. You do the submitting. That's why in James when it says, resist the devil and flee from you, he tells you to submit yourself first to God. First. If you haven't submitted, he ain't going to flee from you. He's not going to, those stones are going to, if you haven't submitted to God and you start commanding stones to be, to roll, to be pushed back, it ain't going to happen if you haven't submitted yourself to God because you're trying to do it. You're trying to work it up. You don't have to work God up. He's already there. You don't have to go lay hands on your battery outside in your car every time you start your car. Lord, I, I pray that this, this car will start. We don't even think about it anymore, do we? You don't have to think about breathing when you wake up in the morning. That's the simplicity of God. That's how simple God wants to make it. Don't think about breathing when you get up. Just breathe. Don't think about healing when you're sick. Just be healed. Don't think about being delivered. Be delivered. You think Satan hasn't heard that voice before? When the power of God comes in your life and you speak to that problem in your life, he's heard that voice before. He heard it at the grave of Lazarus. He heard it when Jesus went into hell and took the keys from him. He heard it when God, when, when all the, through the ages, when God spoke through the prophet. When the prophets would speak and it was God speaking through him, he heard it. Then he knows that voice. He knows when it's him and he knows when it's you. He's no dummy. Bible says he's a worthy adversary of this flesh. But to God, he's no more than like Brother Melvin, knock that thing off my shoulder. That's all. That's all he is to God. You're bugging me. <clears throat> well, we got to get to the point where we speak. If you don't, we got to have confidence in what's been given to us. That's faith. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. But I believe you're going to do it. Lord, help me take my hands off of it. So many times we put our hands on things we shouldn't be putting our hands on. When God says, I'll fix your problem. I have, and I've said it before. I have tried to fix my problems so many times. The biggest message that I've ever been in is problems I've tried to fix, Brother Jimmy. Problems that I've tried to fix is the biggest message that I've been in. You will find out, I promise you, 100%, if you take your hands off of it and say, God, I give it to you, it'll be fixed. Maybe not the way you expected it to. But when God says it's fixed, it's fixed. <clears throat> Who
who this Melchizedek. I'm going to change it real quick here for about five minutes and then we'll, we'll close. Then after you've recognized the very word of God was eagle food, then you left the other thing. You have been formed into the living image of the living God. You have been formed into the living image of God. Jesus was God in flesh. Right? You are God in flesh. Swallow that. You are the living image of God. When you, and Brother Branham says, and you, when you heard that you recognized this word of God was eagle food, you heard from your theophany. And what is the theophany? And Brother Branham said, though this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have another body waiting for us over there. He said, that was your theophany. Who do you think is going to call you from the grave if you go by the way of the grave? Who's going to roll your stone away, Brother Joel? If you go by a way of the grave, you're still rolling stones. You're still pushing stones back. Sister Linda, Brother Jimmy gets to push a stone back. When Brother Jimmy's theophany comes down. He's, all he's going to do is speak. Why? It's his life. It's the life of God in that theophany. You are a continued thought of God. Your theophany is a continued thought of God. Your continu- the continued thought of God says you will raise your own body if you go by the way of grave. That was in God's thought before the foundation of the world. So Brother Jimmy will come down there and say, Jim Bab, come forth. He probably won't be Adams by then. Every single atom, every single cell will come back together and it'll raise him out of the grave. It's the power, and you have that power in you now. Right now. Lord, don't let me wait for my theophany to call my body if I have to go by the way of the grave. Let me throw some stones today. Let's stand together. You ain't got to wait till then to roll stones. There's people sitting beside you that need a stone rolled out of their life. Don't, don't wait till the rapture to decide to start rolling stones. There's people that right beside you today that need help. There's people beside you right now that need to hear the words come forth. Humanity has to be involved. Humanity has to be involved. You might be the one to take those dirty, stinking grave clothes off of them by coming up here and praying through with them. Praising God for deliverance in their life. We all have a part to play. No doubt Mary and Martha got so discouraged. They know they'd sent for Jesus. Jesus had always come. He had always come. These were his closest friends. And this good, those things happen in our life. The darkest moments It's at that darkest moment, Brother Branham said, that crucial crucifying hour when the doctor said there's no more hope. When the doctor says it's over, send her home. 
There's no hope for him. There's nothing more we can do. Send him home, call hospice. We've seen God deliver out of that. Why? Because somebody was pushing some stones. A lot of times, Lazarus couldn't move that stone. Lazarus couldn't speak himself out of there. He needed family. He needed brothers and sisters to push that stone away. I hope and pray to God that after today, that we get the mindset. Let me, I've preached all over myself in this. Lord, help me be more compassionate to other people's needs. Lord, help me to help somebody that needs deliverance. I, I don't, I don't want to just go on and worry about myself. I, wanna, I don't want to be just, Lord, I've I got to take care of myself first. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need financial help. I need this. I promise you, if you set your heart on somebody else, God will take care of yours. God will take care of your needs. Because it ain't about you anyways. It's about the glory of God. It's about God getting glory in other people's lives. Brother Branham said in faith, now each one of you have power the same way. Because you are sons and daughters of God. That very spirit that's in you this morning, the Holy Spirit that's in you this morning, the same Holy Spirit will raise you up. So you have power to raise yourself back up. When you die, your, your soul will go under the altar of God, not uh, right in the presence of God. Now your spirit will go to God, but you cannot come back. Remember in the Bible it said the spirit, souls under the altar crying, Lord, how long? How long? What you know, Brother Bam said that in another place, souls were 144,000. And that they would not return until the scriptures fulfilled and like Christ could not return until the scriptures fulfilled. Then after all that's been done, all the suffering is over. The brothers, brethren have suffered the same things and we've suffered like they suffered and so forth. You'll know exactly where you're buried. You'll know where you're at. Why? Because they're one. They're coming together for a glorified body. You'll know exactly where you're buried. Why? Because you know all things then. Your spirit will be turned loose from God and will come to the soul. I'm longing for that day. Ever present water from the rock. Brothers and sisters, I want to ask you something. If you are born again of the Spirit of God, God don't have no little weak parts, the big strong parts. And I've said it here before, don't ever say I'm the weakest Christian. I'm the least in the kingdom of God. If you've got God living in you, we're all the greatest. You are the greatest in the kingdom of God. Why? Because you are Him. God don't have no weak parts. God don't have no lesser parts. God, there's no parts of God that's a little stronger. You know, when they, you see when they bring these football players up, you know, they show their weaknesses and their strengths. God don't have no weaknesses. If God don't have no weaknesses, you don't have any weaknesses. Whatever you need, you have the power. It's like a cheat code in a video game. Cheat code where you can max out your power. God maxed it out for you when he moved into you. Amen. You don't have to go buy any. You don't have to go borrow any. God says, I am in you. Therefore, my power is in you. <clears throat> he is altogether God. And if you had enough God in you, till it was just barely a shadow. That's enough power to make a new earth. Remember Peter? His shadow crossed that man and he was healed. 
And if you, the power of God enough in you to, till just barely a shadow, that's enough power to make a new earth. That's enough power to make a new moon and a new system. It's God and it's strong. The right, every, right now, every believer in here has life eternal, which is God's spirit in you. Enough power that will raise up the dead, will heal the sick, will set orbits in condition. But you, it's controlled by law. That spirit's in you. You are sons and daughters of God. That same spirit that's God in you will raise you up at the day of the resurrection. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. If you have a need, you say, Brother Joe, I, I, I have a need after hearing today. I could have more compassion. I can look at my problems more differently. I can look at my problems more without doubt and worry. That's human nature. I get it. It's human nature. But we have to get to the point where we can take a rapture. If we got anything in this life that is holding us back, bitterness, grudges, unforgiveness, doubt, worry, God can remove all that this morning. He can remove every single thing that comes between you and Him. You don't have to, to, to live your life with guilt and shame of things, things you've done and you're afraid people know this, people know that. That's Satan talking to you. God says, I've pushed, pushed the stone back and I've said, come forth. You don't have to stay in that tomb. You don't have to stay in that grave. You don't have to claw your way out, fight your way out, push your way out. Because I said, come forth. Now, when he said, come forth, he told the body, remove those grave clothes. Show compassion. Clean them up. Love on them. Pray for them. Praise God with them for, for deliverance. You don't have to sit in that condition. Your marriage don't have to be in a tomb. Your job situation don't have to be in a tomb. God can take care of every little situation in your life. As we pray this morning, let's agree together. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, we've heard your word, Father. Lord, if we, we, we've read what your prophet said, that same power that was in God when he we created heaven and earth is now in his people. Lord, how could we, we not rejoice in knowing that no matter what comes against us, no matter how our situation, Lord, whether it be mental, whether it be physical, whether it be financial, whether it be spiritual, Lord. As Jesus told Jairus, only believe. Lord, I pray that you would cast away all doubt, all worry, anything in our hearts and our lives, Lord Jesus, that would hinder us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would remove that this morning. Lord, if something had been said, Lord, that would help somebody. Lord, if it helps one person, Lord, then your job is a success. You coming here this morning, Lord, has given eternal value. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that, that you would meet every need here this morning. Lord, we give you praise for that. We give you praise for those that have asked, asked for healing, for those that asked for deliverance, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We've already asked for it, so now we're giving praise. We'll water it with praise, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Give myself away. I give.
give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me here I am
the table. I'm sitting at the table, I believe, right now. Amen. I believe that's where the bride of Jesus Christ should be. They should be at the table right now. This is the day when we manifest the prophecy of the message. The message was a prophecy. We are ordained to fulfill the prophecy. Amen. Well, they asked me to sing. I'm not really a singer, but I like to sing. And when the Lord gives you a little uh, song, sometimes he brings an anointing to go with it. So, uh, a few years, several years ago, the Lord gave me a little song, and by God's grace, I've been able to sing it around the world, and I'll try to sing it for you this morning, uh, if these musicians can follow me. I, uh, I'm not a singer, so sometimes I can't follow myself, but uh, I, I believe they can do it. You've got good musicians here. Just follow me, brother. Well, it's not for... And it's not fashion. Well, it's salvation sent from God. It suits me fine. Well, it's old, but it's new. It's powerful and it's true. I praise God this Holy Ghost is genuine.
blessing for you. I trust everyone here this morning knows what I'm talking about. I trust that everyone this, this afternoon, I trust that you, you've had that experience of the Holy Ghost. Listen church, you need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. We as a church, we as a body of Christ, we need the Holy Ghost. God bless you this morning.
visitors with us this morning, the testimonies. Amen, Brother Kenny, the song, prayer this morning. Amen. Each and every one gathered together this morning. Thank you for coming. Pray that the Lord just bless you today. Let's sing this little chorus as we go this morning. This joy. Oh, this joy that I have. You know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have. You know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have. You know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Oh, this love that I have. You know the world didn't give it to me. to me oh the holy ghost that i have you know the world didn't give it to me oh the holy ghost that i have you know the world didn't give it to me oh the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away oh this joy that i have you know the world to me oh this joy that i have you know the world didn't give it to me the world. 